Are y'all ready for the word? All right, go to Mark chapter 4, verse 26. And I'm preaching a sermon this morning called Mama Never Said. And I know just by the title, y'all are going, oh, this is going to be a day. All right, now, for the, orange, for the orange burgers to know, this sermon will come out a little different than the first one because I'm being taped. That means I have to behave myself. Hallelujah. And the orange burgers say, amen, brother. That's all right. Amen. Preach it. Mark chapter 4, verse 26. I'm doing something today. I'm starting a new series, and I'm making an adjustment. Oh, where's my phone? Will you go find my phone? It's in there. I'm going to need it in a minute. It'll be the first time I ever used my phone in a sermon, so all the young people go, woohoo, that's cool. All right. I'm going to read a scripture to you, and uh, is it locked? It probably is. I'm, I'm going to read a scripture to you in just a second, and as I do, I, I'm going to be doing something today. I, I believe it's time for us to go back to the basics. I believe it's time. Now, uh, you know, you sit around and you watch Christians in church, and somehow or another we get this idea in our mind that because we go to church, we got this thing down. So, so, so I, and yet we have also a mindset that somewhere there's a magic wand that no matter what you do with life, somebody's going to pray for you and fix everything. That's not true. That's not true. I'm not, I'm not discounting the, the, you being born again and I'm not discounting uh, the new birth and, you know, being saved instantly. There is an instant side of salvation and that's the day you get saved. That's instant filled with the Holy Ghost. That's instant. But life is not instant on an average. So I want to read my scripture to you and let's start there. Mark 4, 26. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as a man should scatter seed on the ground and he should sleep at night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. And he himself does not know how the earth yields crops by itself. It doesn't need our help. First the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. And when the grain ripens, immediately puts in a sickle because the harvest has come. The word of God always works. Always. There has never been one instance in the history of the world from Genesis today that the word of God did not work for the man who planted it. But what we're reading right here is that it's not always instantaneous. And what I mean by that, there are things that are instant. There are things. Lightning strikes, it's pretty instant. But, but, but you know, the average, but he said, the kingdom of God is as a man sowing seed. If you take the word of God and you plant it in your heart, it will come up. Yes, it, will. it will 100%. Now, you've got to get a mindset that you're the one that has got to cultivate that seed and you've got to make it grow. And what I'm going to say to you now, I'm going to ask that it change your life forever. Everything that you need from God is simple. It's easy. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. God never made anything hard. In other words, 
we need to learn to go back to the basics because failure in life is always a failure of someone not doing the simple things right. Okay? So this morning, we're going to, even though we don't live in Gainesville, Florida, we're going to talk for a few minutes about football. Oh, we got Shirley excited over there. We'll see if we get a tiger excited in a minute. I'm not sure. I want to read something to you off my phone. Um, I think it's, I, even though it has to do with football, I, I think I think it'll have quite an impact. July 1961, 38 members of the Green Bay Packers football team gathered together on the first day of training. The previous season ended with a heartbreaking defeat, and the Packers squandered a late a lead late in the fourth quarter and lost the NFL championship to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Green Bay players had been thinking about this brutal loss the entire offseason, and now, finally, training camp had arrived. It was time to get to work. And the players were eager to advance their game to the next level and start working on the details that would help them win a championship. Their coach, Vince Lombardi, had a very different idea. This is a football, he said. He walked into the camp with 38 pro football players that had been playing football since they were five years old. And his opening statement was, gentlemen, this is a football. That statement went down in history as one of the greatest leadership lessons you could ever learn because this is what he was saying to those young men. We're not winning games because you think you know football. We're winning games because every one of you are going to learn to do again the basics and do them well. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. Every football game is not won by fancy plays. They're won because one team throws better, catches better, tackles better, and blocks better than the other team. That's what wins football games. So he went on to say, he took nothing for granted. He began a tradition of starting from scratch, assuming the players were blank slates, who carried no knowledge from the year before, he began with the most elemental statement. Gentleman, holding a pigskin in his right hand, said this is the football. Lombardi was coaching a group of three dozen pro players. Then just months prior, had come within minutes of winning the biggest prize the sport could offer. Lombardi's methodical cover of the fundamentals continued throughout the training camp. Each player reviewed how to block, how to tackle, They opened a playbook, and they started on page one. At some point, Max McGee, the Packers Pro Bowl wide receiver, joked, Coach, would you just slow down a little bit for us? You're moving too fast. Lombardi reportedly clacked a smile but continued his obsession with the basics. All the same, his team would be the best in the league in tasks where everyone took for granted. Six months later, the Green Bay Packers beat the New York Giants 37-0. to So what happened there? They went back and said, you know what? We're losing games. Not that y'all don't know football. Is that you're just not doing the basics better than everyone else. Here's what I'm going to do. As your pastor, I'm taking this church back to the basics. 
we're going to start going over the basics until you get the fundamentals so well that everybody in this city and every devil in hell is going to know to leave you alone. Because when you enter a fight, you're going to come out on the winning end of this thing. Now, I'm going to say this with all the grace that I can, and and I'm not saying this to be harsh or hard. I'm tired of walking in a hospital and trying to pull a person through 25 years of not doing what God told them to. I can't do that, guys. And I'm not picking on people or anybody that's died lately or been in a hospital lately. I'm just talking about the fact that, that for years, Lisa and I have pastored and pastored and preached and preached. And, I, and I'm thinking, God, where are we missing this? This is not that hard. And it's not. I watched a video of, a couple of years ago, and, and, and I want to talk about shooting guns for a minute, and we'll come back to football. And I watched a man draw a handgun, shoot two balloons and put it back in two one hundred thousandths of a second. So fast, the naked eye did not see it. This is what it looked like. And he put the gun up. They had to put a high-speed camera on him to even see if he was moving or it was a joke. And they watched him shoot cock a gun, pull the trigger, cock it again. It was not double action. And shoot two balloons 10 feet apart and holster the weapon faster than the mind could think. And even though he's a sinner, that was the day that I said, there is no such thing as a lid. Anything a man wants to do, he can do it. That changed me. I stopped thinking that, you know, what's been done, I mean, I'm as good as I'll ever be. I remembered reading an article, and some of y'all are going to help me with this man because I didn't, and by next week I'll know who he is. Who's the guy that broke the four-minute mile? Does anybody remember? Anybody remember his name? Bannister, that is exact. Thank you, sir. Did you know that within six months... High school students were breaking the four-minute mile. Why? What, what was the problem? It was a mindset. It was something in our mind that said, can't be done. We are Christians. We deal in impossible. That's what we do. Our God is a God who fixes stuff the world says not possible. That's my God. That's the way I have chosen to live my life. Now, does that mean that I win everything? Oh, no, it does not. And we're going to get down on that. So whenever, whenever um, Coach Lombardi stepped out there, this is what he said. When you run... I want you to be so fast, I want their hats to blow off their head. I want them to think that you're Dash from the Incredibles. He didn't really say that. I'm making this up. He said, when you pass, I want you to be able to hit their helmet when they're running every single time. I want the receiver to just put his hands up, and I want you to stick a ball in it. You say impossible? Well, if you don't have goals, you definitely won't hit them, right? When you have a defense, I want you to build a wall that if you hit it, they think they ran into a bulldozer. 
And if you're going to tackle, I want you to hit them so hard that they will remember your name and fear you from that day forward. Do y'all remember um, um, the, the movie with um, um, Facing the Giant? No, not Facing the Giants. Blindside. Blindside. You remember, uh, what's his name? Michael. When Michael Orr finally found out what his job was. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. When Michael Orr finally found out what his job was, and that little redneck came up one more time, and he hit that guy so hard, picked him up, take him to the fence, and threw him over it, and all of the coaches from everywhere knew that boy's name, and they asked him, they said, where were you taking him? He said, I was going to put him on a bus and send him back home, but that guy right there remembered Michael's name and then thought to him, and he put fear in him from that day forward because he'd already made up his mind, you are not getting to the quarterback through me. And when he walked on that field that day, and one of the things that we're going to talk about is when you go on a field, if you're a member of a football team, you are to leave everything on that field, and you work as a team, and you're there to win. Do you understand me? You are not there to play ball. You're there to win this game. And when you walk into a church and you say, I'm a born-again Christian, I live for Jesus, you need to pick up a Bible and say, this is a Bible, and I am here to win this game. I'm not losing battles. I'm not losing to sickness. I'm not losing to fear. I'm not losing to defeat. I'm here to win this game. My kids are not going to hell. I'm not going to hell, and I'm going to get my prayers answered. And if something looks impossible and a mountain's in my way, I'm going to move that mountain because Jesus said I can move that mountain. Until we get this attitude in us, there's got to be an attitude. Faith is an attitude. Football is a full contact sport. So is life. If you do not know that, you have not been out there very much. Because someone out there is not playing with you. The devil is not playing with you. He is all in. He has, he has full intention of, of killing you and taking you down. Do you understand that? That team is not lining up to get to know you. They're, ta- they're there to take your ball. They're there to take your championship. They're there to put you in the mud, and they will do whatever they need to do to do that. And you've got to understand life is very much like a football game. They're not in your favor. They're not on your side. They're on their side. If you're not interested in your future, no one else is ever going to be. I know you think everybody loves you. They do not. And I know you think that all Christians have wings. Those are, those are, not, those are not wings back there. Those are wishbones. They do not have, Christians do not, oh, they're not all that. Okay. If you think Satan is going to sit back and let you have victory, Without a fight, you have got another thought coming. And the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. It is talking about the fact that it's a fight. It is a fight to get your word. It's a fight to put your flesh under. It's a fight. It's a fight to renew your mind. It's a fight to resist the devil. It is a fight. It's a fight 
that you can win. How do I know that? Because the greater one lives on the inside of you. You have the wisdom of God. If God is for you, who can be against you? You're waking up in the morning with the odds stacked in your favor and you are in a fight, but you're the winner in the fight and you can do all things through Christ. Amen. All right. So football is a full contact sport. Football is also a team sport. Everyone does their job and listen to this. There are no quitters here. Luke 9, 62, pop pop it on the screen. There is no quitting. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. When you sign up for football, they expect you to be a team player. Are you out there? Because every other member of that team needs you. They expect that when you said, you said, I want to play ball, that you understood there's a price that you're going to pay to do this. Am I right? Or did I just wake up last week and have I been smoking something? Look at this scripture. Let's look at this scripture. Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. What part of seek first did you not get? He didn't say job, thank God for jobs. You need to have a job. You need to be the best employee. If if you own the business, you need to have the best business. There's nothing wrong with that. You be the best. But he didn't say your job was number one. And thank God for schooling. You need, some of y'all need schooling. Some of y'all didn't do anything when you're in school. Okay. But you need schooling. But schooling, he didn't say schooling's number one. He said the kingdom's number one. You got to start learning what is priority. Amen. There is no half-hearted football players who are going to the finals. Do y'all understand that? Am I right, you guys that play ball? Am I right? You do not enter this field half-hearted and say, I'm a team player. Find another team. Because you're not on our side. Mama never said. I'm going to talk for a few minutes about what mama never said. We're talking football now. Mama never said, coach, you're too hard. My Herman is sensitive. Come on, I need some of y'all men to talk. Help me a little bit. Mama never came up to the coach. And said, now my boy wants to play ball, but you need to understand Herman is sensitive. Oh, he got a sister. And you need to be nice to Herman. No, you know, no, listen, look, look, look at me. You have never told the coach to be nice. Why do you tell me to be nice? If we're going to come to your church, we ain't coming if you start preaching strong because you need to understand my family is sensitive. We can't handle too much truth. You give us a little truth and you give us too much truth. We just can't handle too much. And we don't like all this hitting stuff you're talking about. We ain't talking, don't be hitting on him. You going to play ball? Listen to me. You are going to get hit. 
And, 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 the, and, the, and the softer you are, the harder they're going to hit you. If you don't like getting hit, you might want to learn to hit back. You want to live in this life and you want victory? You'd better learn what it means to fight the good fight of faith. You better learn what it means having all done all to stand. You better learn what it means that when the devil comes in and says, I'm going to kill you, you get up and say, you ain't killing me. Now, I'm going to tell a story, and it's a true story. This is a, this is a true story. There was a woman that came to this church for a while, and she had two or three children. And she went to the doctor, and they diagnosed her with cancer. And she laid in the bed, and she was like, I'm dying of cancer. I'm dying of cancer. And then one day she got to looking at her children and she got to thinking, now I know my husband is going to marry another woman. I know, I know that I got cancer and he's already looking around in the church who's going to be the mama to my children. Something happened in her and she said, ain't no other woman raising my kids. Ain't no other woman taking my man and ain't no cancer gonna beat me. Do you understand that? And that woman began to fight back. You resist the devil, he will flee from you. One of the problems we got in the body of Christ, we ain't got nobody with no strength left on the inside of them ready to put up a fight when something ain't going right. My little hermit, you don't want to hit him too hard. Well, I might, you better, you better hope I hit him because they're going to hit him. You better hope the pastor's strong. You better hope someone getting him ready. Like I told you, I was 22 once. Those were the days, my friend, I thought they'd never end. You know why God didn't tell me to cut my hair? I walked in a Pentecostal church right after I got saved, and they said, how come God ain't told you to cut your hair? I said, I don't know, but he ain't never told me to cut my hair. <laughs> you talking? Now, I'm going to tell you what really bugged them. When you hear someone with hair to their shoulder speaking in tongues, El Pentecostal could not handle that. God filled him with the Holy Ghost looking like that. You know why? Because God said, it's going to fall out. I'm getting it back. I'm standing on the word right now. My hairs are numbered in Jesus' name. I don't want the angel stuff there racing no more numbers on my hair. Number two things mama never said. Our boy won't be at practice today. Aunt, Aunt do nothing came to town. And we have a life outside of football. Mama never said that. And mama ain't never said that to her son. We don't care what aunt do nothing does. You sign up for football, you, go, you would practice, baby. I don't know what part of Jesus is stupid. He must be the dumbest man that ever lived. Seek first the kingdom. And we think, we think that's a suggestion. You think he's dumb? He's not dumb. Folks, if you're not going to do the basics, you ain't making it. Seek first. 
When you have practice, you be at practice. They're not having practice. They're doing that because you've got a game coming. You have got life coming at you. You'd better be at practice when he told you to be at practice. You better be learning how to pray. You better be learning how to confess the word. You better be learning who you are. One of the reasons why you're defeated is you don't know truth. There's only two ways Satan will take you out. Only two. Listen to me. You don't know the truth or you're not doing it. That's it. That's the only way the devil can take you. And if you're not learning it, then you don't know. You get in a fight, you don't know what to do. And if you do know what to do and you're not a doer of the word of God, then you're going to lay down and you're going to whine and you're going to die and then we're going to have a funeral and your family's going to bury you and say, where is God? And blame God for you. Not me. Amen. I'm not done yet. Mama never said. (laughs) We're going to go over to the other team. We're going to the lingerie bowl with coach SpongeBob and SquarePants. Now, listen, 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 listen to me. I know some of y'all are sensitive. That's the church where they don't hit, they touch. You out. You know how many people come to this church and walk in and go, whoo, we got to find another church. I call it the lingerie bowl. Because they ain't playing ball. Are y'all out there? You go home. This ain't, you, you, it's, they're called seeker sensitive. We don't talk about sin. We sensitive. Coach, you're too hard on my boy. You want to know how many people come to me and go, you're too tough. You ain't been in the hospital with me lately. I'm going to tell you something. You bury a teenager. You come back and think tough. You sit there during their divorce. You sit there and watch the kids cry because dad's back on drugs. And you come back and tell me the coach is too tough. Coach ain't too tough. Matter of fact, I don't think I'm tough enough. Mama never said, we ain't coming to the game. It's too cold, too noisy, it's too far to drive. I grew up in Athens, Georgia. I don't know if even y'all even know where that is. Bulldog, bulldog. Bulldog is a religion. And let me tell you something about Athens, Georgia. You don't drive into downtown Athens on game day. The road is backed up from Athens past Statham almost to Winder. That's 75, 50 miles away. 
two lanes coming out of Atlanta. Ain't nothing stopping them from getting in that stadium and watching their game. South of town, they're, they're backed up to Morgan County. And some, well, not, not too many people coming out of South Carolina. <laughs> so I brought you something today. I kind of wanted you to get a little visionary. So if you'll pop up my mascot for me. <laughs> what does a bulldog call Alabama? Dog food. What does a bulldog call Florida? Dog food. What do they call Tennessee? Dog food. What do they call South Carolina? Nothing. They don't even know who they are. All joking aside... It's a very serious thing to grow up in a football town. Mm-hmm. And people take it real serious. Right. And I've always enjoyed it. I'm going to tell you something. You want to make money? Man, you work at the concession stands when people are drunk. <laughs> I have sold more $20 hot dogs than you can imagine. <laughs> Here you go, young man. Keep the change. You knew he was from South Carolina. (laughs) I got to pick on you. You guys, anyway, I hadn't heard anything from them all morning. There must not be, must not be real football players. I don't know what's going on back there. (laughs) Am I telling the truth? I want to tell a story right now. Let's go to Matthew 16. I'm trying to get a mindset. I want to get a mindset into you. I want, to, I want to get you to understand what's happening in life and what it takes to win. Um, there was a little bulldog. Listen, let me read the scripture first. Jesus said to disciples, anyone desires to come after me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And whoever desires to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will find it. That's serious. That's serious. Are you all in? Well, I want you to think about this. Are you all in? Have you taken what Jesus said serious? Because you're going to need to. There's a story of a little, there's, there's a really fancy house, fancy backyard, mowed grass, beautiful place. They had two golden retrievers in the backyard. And one day, a little bulldog dug under the fence and and looked around the yard and saw the golden retrievers. And he dug a little hole and he popped under the fence. And and when he got there, he kind of did this with his feet. And he came up to those two golden retrievers. And they just beat that little bulldog up. And that little bulldog turned around and headed back to the fence. And before he left, he turned around and kicked a little dirt and went under the fence. And the old golden retrievers went, huh. The next morning, about the same time, little bulldog pops his head back out from under that fence. 
looks at those two golden retrievers, comes under the fence, kicks a little dirt, and approaches the two retrievers. And they thought, well, apparently he didn't have enough. And so he, the bulldog jumped on them, and they went at it. And before long, they beat that little bulldog up again, but just barely this time. And he, he just finally walks away and heads back over there, turns over and looks at him, kicks a little dirt and goes and disappears on the fence. Third day, the retrievers are looking and same time, little bulldog sticks his head up under the fence, looks at the two retrievers and, and comes under the fence and approaches them. And this time he put the whoop on them pretty good. And the old retrievers watched the old bulldog walk up the fence, looked around and kicked a little dirt and left. The next morning, those retrievers are sitting there looking at that hole. And sure enough, the bulldog pops up with a big grin on his face. And those two retrievers went off in the corner and started whining. Why? Because he can't be defeated. He ain't going down. Are y'all listening to me? And he, that bulldog came in there. He had struck so much fear in them two big dogs. He, he, all the fight left them. And the fourth time he came, he beat the mud out of those two retrievers. From that day forward, those two dogs feared that puppy. You know what's wrong with the bulldog? They don't know they're little. Justin's got a little pit, half pit bull. That dog will hit a cow. A bull. I mean a bull. Did, has she ever knocked him down? She'll fight a bull. A full grown bull. She don't know she's little. I don't know I'm little. I've, won, I've lost some fights. Have you ever lost any fights? I've had times when I've prayed and it, and it didn't work. Have you ever had times you prayed it didn't work? Have you ever had times when you got on the word of God and you stood on the word of God and you went after the devil tooth and toenail and he beat you? You ever had that happen to you? I've had it happen to me. You know the difference? The next morning I picked my Bible back up. And I got the Bible back in my mouth one more time. And I went on and climbed under the fence and I looked at the devil and I said, I'm back. And I'm ready for you one more time. And I had a prophecy given to me when I first got born again. And I still had hair. There's a lady by the name of Mamie Shackerford. And she said, son, there's a day coming when every devil in hell will, will, will cry, he's awake again. He's awake again. And when she told me that, it scared me. I said, I don't want the devil to know who I am. That day is now. Every day when I wake up, every devil in central Florida goes, he's awake again. He's awake again. I've been whooped, but I ain't never been taken out. Now, y'all may not like my bulldog story. But ain't nobody ever told a good story about a tiger. <laughs> or a gator? A gator? A gator's a dinosaur. 
<laughs> Heavenly Father, help me get out of here alive. I have offended, I have offended sensitive souls. But I will be glad to come over your house and eat wings with my bulldog hat. Now, I got to tell you all something I did one time. It was very kind. I did a very, very extremely kind gesture to a young lady in this church. Her name is Karen Brown. When I was up in Athens, I had it upon my heart to be benevolent to her. And I bought her a Georgia Bulldog sticker. And I placed it on the window of her car. (laughs) Out of the goodness and the kindness and love of my heart. She thought Justin did it. And I will tell you this. It's not that we're bringing condemnation, but she was not in the spirit. (laughs) She threatened to kill Justin. Why? Over Over a wonderful sticker? And she requested, when she found out I did it, she requested kindly to remove it. I thought, how, in, how insensitive is that? And I did to her chagrin. Is that the right one? To her whatever. But I will never buy her another one. <laughs> First Peter chapter five. I've been, come on y'all, are y'all, are y'all getting this? Everybody say faith, faith. is an attitude. Yeah. Everything in life is simple. Kingdom of God is simple. I want you to learn to think that way. Everything you're doing that brings you victory is simple. Worship is simple. Praying is simple. It's not difficult. So starting today, I am going to start a series on the basics. If we're not going to do the basics well, we're not going to make it. And all we've got to do as a church is you do the things that God says, the simple things. And I'm going to tell you something. From this day forward, your, your defeats are going to be far and few between. The next time you hit a field, they're going to remember you. Am I okay? Yes. The first thing I'm going to talk about is anxiety. First Peter chapter five. And I'm going to make a statement to you right now. Faith will never work with anxiety in your heart. Never. If you're full of worry and anxiety, your faith in God will not work. When Kenneth Hagin was on the deathbed dying, and he was reading, he said his grandmother's Methodist Bible, and he got into Matthew where Jesus says, worry not. And he said this, I can't do that. He said the Bible went black. From that day forward, nothing made sense anymore. He, the, 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 there was no, no life in the Bible. It's just like it just, everything went black. Hopelessness hit him. And he went to the Lord and he was praying and talking to God. And he says, you know, I'm, I'm believing for healing. And the Lord said, I'm trying to help you. But you've got to go back and deal with worry before you'll ever get healed. 
You cannot, faith will not work with anxiety in your heart. He said, I, I can't do it. He said, you must. If he told you to do it, can you? Yes, yes you can. And I'm going to say this, and I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. This might be the most difficult scripture you've ever read in your, in your life. I'm going to say this. I've had more, more trouble with, with worry and fear than anything else in my life. That's been the biggest problem I've dealt with. But you can, you can get to the place to where you're laughing in the storm. Yes, you can. And you must. When, when, when Trina Hakins was diagnosed with brain tumor, and Mark, they went to the hospital and they're going to operate on her. She made this statement. The Lord gave her, gave her something about you've won the victory. She laughed all the way into the operating room. She's laughing. I'm not going to get into it today because we're going to run out of time here in a minute, but I'm going to stay on this. Next Sunday morning, I'm going to get in here and talk about what happens in the spirit realm when you're laughing and rejoicing. You're turning the light on in Satan's face. Satan hates being laughed at. And when all hell is breaking loose, the, the, the most important thing, what you do right then is the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. And you need to learn to cast the care of that on God because there are things you can't fix. First Peter chapter five, Alpha five, look at this. Cast all your cares, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your concerns once and for all on him for he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you carefully. Look, one of the most important things you'll ever do in life is wake up in the morning and you understand we're talking there is responsibility. You understand we're not talking about you not being responsible. We'll come back to that. But all of the things in your life, you cannot fix them. You give them to God. You believe he will fix it. And then you leave it alone. And you get happy. Now, let me say about me. There are things in my life. When I wake up in the morning, I go, God. And I start naming people's names. You got it. You got that, and you got that, and you got that. I'm tired of trying to say something to someone who don't want to listen, and they talk to me with their fingers in their ears, and they don't want to hear it because I'm an old man. I might, you don't might not want to hear me, but you hear God. And I'm going to take you to God, and I'm going to pray about you, and I'm going to give you to God, and then I'm going to leave it alone. Not going to worry about it anymore. I used to worry about people in this church. I did. I really thought my job was to make you live right. <laughs> my God about gave me a heart attack. And I'm going to say something to you. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. But I don't care. I don't mean I don't care about you or I wouldn't be here. But I mean people do stupid stuff. And I can't, I can't fix stupid I can't fix all the stuff you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. Amen. 
So I, I, finally, I finally started giving you to God. Heavenly Father, I'm going to get up this morning. I, all, I spend all day Saturday in the Word praying for my service. I think that's pretty good. I mean, I spend all day on this. Praying over it. Praying over you. I may stop and go mow the grass for a few minutes and come back, but I'm in the Word from the time I wake up to go to bed. Now, I'm going to do my best. I pray over you. I pray over you. But when I'm done, I'm done. Yep. Yes. Amen. If, you, if I get up here and lay hands on you, you die. Well, I'm just going to go to the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to do about it? I can't. I, I ain't God. Man, I, and, 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 and with all the love I get, I, I don't lose sleep over you. I don't lay awake at night wondering about you. If you all backslid in window, I wouldn't even bother about it. Wouldn't, I wouldn't even lose a wink of sleep over you. There's billions of people on this earth wanting to hear the gospel. I ain't sitting around and worry about you. But see, I had to because for years I took it and I carried it around. It wasn't mine to carry. I'm not God. And there's things in some of y'all, I'm saying that for your benefit. You're walking around, you're carrying your kids, you're carrying your family, you're carrying things you do not need on your shoulders. You need to get it off, give it to God, and start being happy for once in your life. When your kids are messing up, take them to God in prayer, and then enjoy your day. Come on, y'all, I'm serious. I had a time, and I can't say it in this service, but I went 30 days without eating worrying. You can worry yourself to death. It will kill you. And if you're worried right now, there's number one thing in your life you're gonna start learning to be carefree. Now, I didn't say irresponsible. There was a man and in, in, came to this church for a short while. And, he, and him and his wife didn't have a job. Their son did. And I went over to their house. And, and this man, and this boy is, is raising his parents. And I walked in with all the kindness I could as a, as a good coach. And I said, why aren't you working? And he said, I'm overeducated. He had been to Harvard and Yale. He said, every time I write it on an application, they won't, they won't hire me. I said, stop putting it on the application. And then with all the kindness I could, I mean, I'm trying to be kind. It's fruit of the spirit. I said, get a job. I said, if it's Burger King, get a job. And if you are as smart, I said this with kindness. As you say you are, you will own the Burger King in three years, but go to work. Well, he left and he got a job and he quit coming to church. He's, at the, he's not even at the lingerie bowl. He's golfs on Sunday. That's what happens when you correct people, they leave. They don't, bless their darling hearts. 
I was going to say something I decided not to. Paula, I'm, I'm working on it, honey. I'm working on it. Okay, is she here? I don't think she is. Philippians 4.6. I'm changing, guys. I'm getting better. Now, I'm not saying don't be responsible. I mean, if it's your responsibility, it's your response. God don't change diapers. But if it's not your responsibility, leave it alone. Leave it alone. Let's read one more. I'm running out of time. Look at verse Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing. How much? Absolutely nothing. Now, you know what that appears like? It appears as though you just don't care. Now, I'm going to say this to you all so you'll know. If you're in the hospital and I walk in, I'm going to be happy. I'm not happy you're there. But I am happy that the greater one's in me. So, so don't, 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 don't call the church and say, pastor was insensitive. He came in smiling. I'll be smiling when I come and I'll be laughing when I leave. You, you, listen, you want me to be laughing when I leave. Because if I lay hands on you and, and the healing power of God went in you, you want me laughing at the devil. You want me to be. That does not mean I don't care about you. That's why I drove down there. <laughs> and if you want me, oh, you, oh, so, oh. you're going to die and I'm helping you. <laughs> Kenneth Copeland walked in the hospital room when his dad was in there dying. Laid hands on his dad, prayed for him, walked out in the other room, and his mother was crying. Oh, 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 oh. This had been years ago. And she came up and she said, you are so insensitive. Your father's in there dying and you're just acting like he's no big deal. And you know how Kenneth is. He put his finger in his mama's face and says, what I just did helped my dad and what you're doing is killing him. You're killing your husband. Now, if the Bible's true, then clean up your face, mom. And you cast the care of him on the Lord. Well, she, well, she took it. And from then on, she walked in there and said, the devil is defeated. Jesus is Lord and the devil's a liar and he'll live and not die. And he lived and didn't die. Amen. Listen, just because you're happy and you act like you have no cares does not mean you don't care. It means you're finally doing something about the situation. Now, I'm going to tell a story on Lisa. But it's a good story. And I'm going to tell you, and you'll understand in a minute why I'm telling you this story. When she was laying in the bed with adrenal fatigue, I looked at her one day and I said, you better get over the fear of dying. Well, she did not like it. Bowed up at me. She said, well, you're not the one laying in this bed. I said, well, you better be, you just better kick it. Because as long as you're afraid, your faith isn't working. Now, that may seem hard to you. It seemed hard to her. But when I walked out of there, she started praying about it. When I came back in, it might have been a little while later, she said, you're right. And she started counting it all joy and rejoicing. 
And she did. And she rejoiced herself right out of that bed. And next week I said, we're going to get in here. We're going to talk about what it, you're not, you're not just screaming to scream and shout to shout. You're putting a whoopee doobie on the devil. When he is terrified of you with a big smile on your face acting like you own the world. And you're afraid of nothing. Amen. Now let's go back to God. I'm going to tell you one more story on Lisa. And, 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 you, and, you need, and you need to hear this. You need to hear this. Well, the same time I walked in her bedroom, and I think it was a little while after that. It may have been before. You know, you get sick and tired long enough. You'll get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you'll and you get, you get over this, this, help me Jesus, help me Jesus. Come on, you, you get over it. You better get over it. And I walked in the bedroom and she reached up off that bed and she grabbed me by my collar and she took me and pulled me down to her face and she wasn't being nice. Some of y'all think she's just sweet all the time. She's not sweet all the time. And she put her nose on my nose and she said, I will not live like this. I will not have this in my life. Do you understand me? I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> that was the day she started getting better. Because until you're tired and you're ready to go, you're ready to fight, you get, in that, you get in that field and we will win this game. Do you understand me? We are going to win this game. Until you get there, you ain't, you ain't going to finals. Acts 16, 25. Let's go over there and I'm going to close. Is this helping you? Say, I'm a winner. I am not a loser. I'm in this game to win it. And I will win it. Amen. Acts 16, 25. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. Must be something wrong with my Bible. Come on, help me. Praying and what? Singing. 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 What does that do? I got a serious problem right here. We need to have call over you and get people praying over this. Get on Facebook. Make sure everybody knows. It's serious. It's serious. We need prayer. We need lots of prayer. We need prayer. But it don't say that, does it? Did you pray? Did you pray about it? Somebody needs to notify your face. Come on, y'all. Listen, listen. I'm not just preaching a sermon to be cute. I'm not being cute. I'm not trying to be cute. I am not trying to be cute. I'm not up here trying to look cute to you. I'm going to tell you something. When you pray, you better get some joy on your face. You better start acting like if God heard you, you better start acting like God heard you. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I said, rejoice. That's not a song for you to sing on Sunday morning. You just rejoice in the Lord. You just sing a song. That's a battle song. They're in jail. This is not an American jail. This Roman jail. They locked them in there and left them. When they come back, they're expecting them to be dead. And coming back and they ain't coming back and changing their diapers. They left them in there for sure enough to kill them. And they prayed. And, and, and. What do you think happens? What do you think is happening in the spirit realm when you start giving glory to God? Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 You got cancer. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. 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 What do you think is happening in the spirit realm when you're shouting and worshiping God and every devil in hell is hitting the ground prostrate in front of you and you're counting all joy and the angels are worshiping and the Holy Ghost is falling and you're the catalyst to this victory. You're sitting in the middle of hell on earth and Satan cannot defeat you because you will not bow your knee to defeat. Hallelujah. Now, let me, let me back up here a minute. Let's, let's, let's get serious about this. This is, this is not a, we don't shout in this church to shout. It, it's not a, a, a cute thing we do different than, than the other churches. No, we're in, a, we're, in a, we're in a fight. You're in a fight. We have church services so you can come together with your family and fight the good fight of faith and we'll stand with you. And whenever the Holy Ghost is moving and the preacher's saying something, don't sit there like you are looking like you're half dead. They don't even look like that at a football game. My God. Somebody stands up and says, Jesus died for your sins, wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life. If God is for you, who could be against you? And something on the inside of you goes, you bet you believe it right now. Hallelujah. We're singing a song while ago and Maybell's up here jumping around and I'm going hallelujah. I'm jumping with Maybell, but I'm not as high as Maybell was jumping and I couldn't do it like Maybell done it, but I was doing it on the inside like Maybell was doing it. But I'm gonna tell you something. When I'm singing the word of God, I'm singing to myself and every devil in hell. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Rejoice in the Lord. Count it all joy. Joy is a spiritual force. Satan cannot defeat it. The devil says something, you just go. I'll tell you what, I'll meet you in the morning. I only get me a scripture, go pray in tongues a while, and I'll be back. <laughs> now, my wife will tell you this is true. I've been in the hospital three times and two times almost dead. But I didn't think I wanted to die. 
The doctor told me the other day when I was at the funeral, I mean at the hospital with Tom Bowser, he said, people with, he was talking about congestive heart failure and he was talking real negative. And I said, I had it. And he said, only 10% recover. And I said, I recovered. He said, you're lucky. I said, I'm lucky. And he said, it's the pills that did it. I said, how come the pills didn't work for the other 90%? He said, because you're lucky. I said, I'm not lucky. I said, I am blessed coming in and I am blessed going out and I will live and not die. Do you understand that? He said, well, just don't forget it was the pills. I said, the gospel. (laughs) He paid a lot of money for that knowledge. He should come to my church. Hallelujah. Come on, guys. Let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you something. I, 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 am, I, am, I have full intentions on having the, mo- the healthiest, most, diff- most uh, fired up, victorious group of Christians in this city. From this, from this Sunday morning till the Lord tells me otherwise, we're going to stay on the basics. And we're going to get the basics down. We're going to learn to hit. We're going to learn to pass. We're going to learn to run. We're going to learn the basics. Yeah. And the next time you guys get in a fight, well, we are going to come out of that thing with flying colors. Amen? Amen. Amen. Are you all ready for that? Yeah. Stand up on your feet. Let's give God glory. Father God, thank you for your goodness and your mercy on us. Thank you for the word of God. It never fails on us. Father, you are good to us all the time and we give you glory. Hallelujah, we give you glory and honor. We give you glory and honor. Hey devil, I'm not defeated. I'll never be defeated. You're not taking me down. Do you understand? You're not taking me out. No, you're not killing me early. No, you're not taking my family. No, you're not. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Woo, Jesus is Lord. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.